Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Everybody, a championship celebration on a Monday. The Kansas City Chiefs, for the second time in four years, are Super Bowl champions. 38-35 winners over the Eagles. Welcome into Sports Daily, everybody. Jacob Albrocht here alongside Tommy Castor. Jad Chambers producing. You can call in and celebrate 869-1240. We'll spend a lot of time, most of the time, if not all the time today, on the Kansas City Chiefs as we get ready uh, to plan a parade now in Kansas City. Congratulations to all the Chiefs fans out there. Uh, I know it. Uh, I know it was dicey. I know it was emotional. I know a lot of you are wrecked and hung over this morning. And my thoughts and prayers are with you if you are in that mold. But you'll make it through this workday and survive on fumes if you have to. Good morning, Tommy. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those uh, people right now. A little tired. Um, I tweeted this last night that I... Well, hungover? Well, not hungover. I'm just t- I'm tired. I'm a little okay. worn out this morning. I tweeted yeah. it last night that uh, I was going to be up all night looking at, like, NFLshop.com, buying all the championship merch. Uh, I wasn't up all night, and I didn't blow all my money, but I was up for a little while, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of dreading my wife seeing the bill. And you, so you're a championship merch guy. I we There are... I, I never... I don't think I've ever gone down that road uh but i know like it goes crazy that night there are lines at all the stores um that's interesting that's i have to ask uh you you're not one of those people because your team has never won a championship is that is that what it is is that what i'm hearing i mean it's not a lot uh, that you know it's (laughs) not not a lot of them but i i i'm not a big merch guy like i i have a cowboys hawaiian shirt that i wear anytime the Cowboys are playing, and that like that's good because they only play once a week, right? Um, I, I've had the most Rangers gear over my lifetime, but those World Series runs years, like I didn't get anything for the ALCS or anything like that, or the American League champions. Like I, I, I don't know. It, I'm not. I totally get it. I just I, a creature of habit. Like I've I've got a good Cowboys shirt, right? Like I don't need another one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big merch guy in general. Um, like I won't buy anything like i didn't buy any afc championship gear because i thought okay well, well right they yeah, win the super point, bowl they... like why would i buy that <laughs> you know so it's like you can't go any further than this so i feel like at this point you know i can go ahead and buy some merch well heck yeah I, i'm all for it i have nothing against it it's just never anything it's like not, or not what i think about but i i know that it's going to be good stuff this year because this super bowl just like the last win was um very memorable right very very memorable and the style of the game was memorable. And I, I think even in the hyperbole of it, it's in the conversation for one of the best Super Bowls we've seen. It was a highly entertaining football game. Uh, there was plenty of drama. There was plenty of intrigue. Both quarterbacks lived up to the hype. They were fantastic. Um, a lot of the star players showed up. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Travis Kelsey, right? The, you know, the stars were out for this one. You had Mahomes, I thought, look as in pain as he looked since he's hurt that ankle, including when he did it. Um, 
and and him able to come back and the adjustments at halftime and all the things and dramatic calls made late in the game. Like, it was all there for us. And, you know, I'm jealous of everybody's hangover today. I worked last night, so pretty tame Super Bowl for me, but an opportunity, obviously, to watch the game closely. And, you know, I'm happy for Chiefs fans today. It never gets old, not when you wait so long to get them. And, you know, I think, Tommy, as we'll, we'll go through the game throughout the show here in specifics, but I think let's, you know, the first things we're thinking about when the game ends and the Chiefs are champion, my head immediately goes to, one, okay, now, like, everybody will be in agreement on two things. This is absolutely a dynasty. Getting the second Super Bowl solidifies that. We could be done with all that. Two, Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in football. So that narrative that began and was in play in the offseason in the beginning of the season, I would be willing to bet that not very many people going into next season won't be like, yeah, he's the best. Because he is. Um, he, he had an historically good year in a lot of different ways, and he gets it done on the big stage with some big plays. Uh, running the ball as much as anything. but So those two things are are the immediate, like, I think, you know, narratives or whatever you can push to the side. But I, my first thought, Tommy, when I watched this team win the Super Bowl this year was, how's anybody going to beat them if 15's healthy and Andy Reid's there, which it sounds like Andy Reid put those rumors to bed. How's anybody going to beat them? Because... They're so young already. They have a few questions to answer next year. But, man, they got draft capital now. They got a relatively young roster outside of their big three key players. And I'd be I'd be nervous as hell as I was if I was the rest of the league because the Chiefs already went through the issue of paying their quarterback. But all these other young and up-and-coming teams are about to have to pay theirs. Don't forget, this year was supposedly allegedly a retooling year a rebuilding well, it was year. a retooling year right and it was uh and, and they're gonna have far fewer things to retool and rebuild this offseason going into next year than they did this time last year uh and that's what makes it so remarkable they've got 12 draft picks uh and they've done like you mentioned a masterful job and credit to brett veach for building this team through the draft you know you've had to pay the people that you've had to pay, like Patrick Mahomes, and then beyond the big three, beyond some of the top-tier players outside of Patrick Mahomes, it's been hitting on the draft. It's been hitting on solid free agent signings that are low-risk, low-money, high-reward-on-prove-it deals like Juju Smith-Schuster, and it's all come together for him, and they've got fewer questions to answer this year than they did 365 days ago. Well, fewer holes in a lot of draft capital, which means they can move up and attack the clear needs that they have. The most clear to me is left tackle. Um, so you can move up and take a left tackle. You know, wide receiver is interesting. I think Juju Smith-Schuster's probably done. Um, and he came up in his biggest game, I thought, in the Super Bowl. I think he, you know, he may have had bigger stats in other games, but that was his best game as a Chief because he just made big play over big play when they had to have it, right? Um, but... They they got running back solved with basically a free draft pick. You've you invested in Sky Moore, and we're beginning to see that you know sort of come together. But the thing is, you traded for Kadarius Tony, right? And and Tony clearly is making an impact. Now he you can't rely on his health, no way. So yeah, they they need another receiver, but man, they can go get a cheap vet. 
or they can draft somebody a little later in the draft. But they can attack their needs now. You can always add to the secondary, or you can go get that left tackle solved because it ain't Orlando Brown. Um, Not for the money he'll command. Even if they capped him, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But we can get into all of that later. But that's immediately what I thought about was, you know, we've seen the five AFC championship games in a row. We've seen now the third Super Bowl appearance. They got the win, right? It would have been very different had they not won this game, I think. I think we'd be having a different conversation. Not that, you know, they couldn't get right back there because they'll clearly be the favorite next year and probably for the next, I don't know, four years. But they they now are in this mode where you can begin to ask those questions, right? How many can they get? Because I thought after the Niners game, it was like, oh, how many Super Bowls is Patrick Mahomes going to get? Like four or five? I was like, God, guys, he's got to get two, right? We've seen way too many great quarterbacks in this league be able to get none or one, and that's it. Not very many have gotten two, and then you join a truly elite class when you get more than two. But now you can put all that to bed because Mahomes individually and as the leader of a team showed everything he needs to show this year to begin to have those fun conversations if you're a Chiefs fan, right? Like maybe maybe it can be four or five. Maybe this is a dynasty. And no, I don't think we're going to see a dynasty like we saw in New England, the longevity of it, just because too many things have to happen. But that doesn't mean we can't immediately see the, you know, the second best dynasty. And who knows? Maybe it could be the first, but it's too early for that. But, you know, what are the other great dynasties? They're they're already going to be sniffing those, right? The Niners, uh, the Steelers, the Cowboys. Like, they're going to get it. They're already in that territory, and they could still go there. And, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, this is the gift, right? You don't get this ever. You get it yeah. maybe once ever, right? right? It when you get the pairing of the quarterback and the coach and the planets align and all those things happen. Well, that's where, you know, I think the context is really important. And from a 30,000 foot view on this game, and we talked about it last week on the show, the first Super Bowl win in 2020 against the Niners, that was a get the monkey off the back of the Chiefs win in the Super Bowl. I mean, it had been 50 years. And, you know, so there was so much heartbreak over the years and they could never get to the top summit of the mountain. They could never do it. So this was a get the monkey off the back. That was, this one was all about legacy. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there was, there would have been a narrative starting to form about, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. they're really good, but they just can't get it done more than once, you know, and, and there are a handful of, of teams and quarterbacks and coach pairings that they've been great for a long time, but they've only got one. And I think that you could have put Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, at least you could have started to have that conversation. And there would have been, I think, legitimate reasons to say that that narrative would have been accurate if Kansas City couldn't have pulled out that win last night. But this one was about legacy, because when you go from one to two, you start to separate yourselves from the rest of the bunch and it becomes truly rarefied air. Um, Yeah, I, I. I saw, and I don't remember where it was. I was watching so many different post-game deals last night. I don't remember who said it. So I didn't come up with this, but I can't give credit because I don't remember who said it. But you've got the flu game with Michael Jordan back in the 90s. You've got Kurt Schilling in the bloody sock for the Red Sox in the World Series. And you've got Patrick Mahomes and the high ankle sprain in the second half. I think that puts him truly in a legendary category. And so the performance aside just the entire team performance, the entire result, that this game, this win, was 100% about legacy. 
Yeah, I agree with that. It was about legacy. It was about overcoming. Look, I sometimes narratives are created, right? And the the narrative of put some respect on our name and all that, I, I, it never bothered me. And I don't even think it was inaccurate for people to say this was a rebuilding year for the Chiefs. It was a rebuilding year for the Chiefs. They also were good enough to win the Super Bowl. Those things can coexist. But this was a rebuilding year. Absolutely it was. I don't have now, any issue he, with Travis Kelsey being upset about, about that. I mean, every well, single and Fox he's analyst to, picked the Eagles to win the game. Well, every okay. single one of them did. I mean, they almost did win the game. I, it's, yeah. not like a, it's, it's not like a bad read or any offense taken. Like, they, they almost did win the game. And and so that's that's okay. It doesn't bother me at all that the Chiefs use that. Here's what I will say. Um, it's really interesting because the narrative that did exist – and we know this one to be true, is that people are ready to crown the next quarterback because we've seen now Mahomes do it for a long time, right? It, it's He's young, so it's it seems odd to say it for a long time, but he's done it for enough time, and there are some phenomenal quarterbacks with him right now in the NFL. So naturally, people are trying to find the next thing, right? Like, what's the next Chiefs? What? But the reality is... And I think it's a harsh reality for those detractors now, right, is that there just is nobody that consistently does the things that he does. He's Look, he, he finally, for the league, become, since 1999, have we seen a league MVP be a Super Bowl MVP? Like, it is hard to do. And it seems blasphemous just from a pure football perspective to so many people to say Mahomes is clearly the number one guy and nobody's close. And I don't know how to, I don't even know how to describe it because Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Herbert and, and Jalen Hurts, who we saw last night, like these guys all have a chance to be some of the best we've ever seen play the game. But that doesn't mean that Mahomes isn't better than all of them because he is. We haven't seen somebody like Mahomes now who is finding ways to win these championships, right? So it's no longer going to become now, yeah, could he be in the conversation for most talented, but he could never challenge Brady because Brady has all the championships. Well, he might be able to if he can pile up, you know, two, three more championships because physically and what he does on the field, it is every game where you shake your head and just think, yeah. Mike, like, how does that happen? How is he, how is he doing those things? And it's the nature of the beast. I mean, this has happened forever. I mean, uh, you know, going back in the day, who's the next Joe Montana? I mean, everybody wants to crown the next guy. Who's the next Joe Montana? Who's the next Tom Brady, the next Peyton Manning? Uh, every time you, you sit and watch the NFL draft, you've got analysts that are talking about a class of quarterbacks, and they're talking, could this person be the next quote-unquote you know, star quarterback? And that's the world that we're in right now. And for good reason, I mean, there are, it's a high class of quarterbacks. There are really, really, really talented quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Even taking Patrick Mahomes out of the equation with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts, I think, solidified himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL last night. He played terrific. He had a phenomenal game with setting Super Bowl records. I kind of thought, man, it's too bad that the, the Super Bowl MVP should or has to come kind of from the winning team because I thought Jalen Hurts was incredible last night. But regardless of all of that, 
everybody wants to crown the next best thing. And for Patrick Mahomes, he's been in the league for what, five or six years now? And he's not given that title up anytime soon. It doesn't matter who the next quarterback is. As long as 15 is there, he holds that top spot. And I think that with that win last night, there, there's no argument to be made that anybody else touches him until he chooses otherwise. And I don't think he's, he's not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to, as long as he and Andy Reid are there, you mentioned it at the, at the top of the show, he is at the top of the mountain and everybody else is looking up. Yeah. And, and there are other things those other guys do well, and they have a chance to go get it, but they, you know, their teams and their rosters will now be where you could say Buffalo's roster for a lot of people was ahead of the chiefs this year. And, and honestly, that's probably true. Um, you could, you know, a lot of people were making that case for Cincinnati and, I I would listen to that, right? But the reality for the Chiefs is the young players almost all got quite a bit better by the end of the year, which is a credit to, you know, the the staff and Brett Veach for identifying those guys. And that won't be the case next year, right? That's going to stop being the case. Because while Kansas City before this year had the best roster, I think, each time, now they're going to they're going to reclaim that as these young guys come into their primes and they've found a way to keep Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes locked in, three of the best players in the league at any position. And so they're going to keep getting better in the other teams like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got to figure out now you got to deal with the Joe Burrow contract and you got to deal with those really talented wide receivers not being able to afford all of those guys. Like that's what Cincinnati's going to have to navigate now. Buffalo, they already paid, so maybe Buffalo can hang, but they've got you know a roster that's getting a little bit older. I think Philadelphia will be a team that you continue to watch. I think San Francisco will be a team that you can continue to watch if they can ever solve quarterbacks. So there are teams coming up, Jacksonville, the Chargers, whatever. But the Chiefs, this was their down year. That wasn't a narrative. That wasn't made up by the media. It was the truth. This was their down year. Tommy, in all of the teams that either – Let's just say the ones that have reached the AFC championship, right? We'll take we'll we'll just take it right there. Of all of Patrick Mahomes' teams, this might be the least talented of them. I mean, there, you can make that case. I, I I think on paper, maybe. I you know, you look at at the beginning of the year. At the right, beginning of sure. the year. Let me clarify sure. that. Hey, look, I I know we've got the receipts. I picked the Chiefs to not win the division. I, I, I picked the Chargers, and I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. I have been my entire life. Uh, so, yeah, on paper, at the beginning of the season, yeah, sure. I mean, it, you were wondering how everything would play out with the loss of Tyreek Hill. You were wondering how things would play out with a ton of rookies. I mean, a lot of rookies, especially on the defensive side of the ball to start off the season. You wondered how they would grow. Would it take some time for them to gel? And you know what it did? Uh, early on in the season, the defense was not very good. And then they started to to learn and get acclimated. And Trent McDuffie coming back from his injury in, in week one was huge. Uh, Willie Gay coming back from his suspension was huge. There were a lot of individual contributors on the defensive side of the ball. But sure, on paper, at the very beginning of the season, yeah, you wondered exactly how things were all going to fall into place. Uh, I think that's fair. But it, it for me, it didn't last the entire season. I think I got maybe a few weeks in and I thought, all right, like I'm I'm convinced now. It might have been a rebuilding year, but this team can absolutely compete and win another championship, and they did. 
Yeah, and they will continue to do it. We're just getting started. We haven't even talked about the game yet. Just the big storylines that follow it. One other one, and we briefly mentioned it, Tommy, and then we'll come back with the game. Andy Reid before the game. Jay Glazer, who's a great reporter who is citing a conversation with Andy Reid, said that he, he thought he might have a decision to make after the game, but then right after the game, Andy Reid in a couple of different spots basically put that to bed saying he thinks he'll be back, all the things. So uh, that continues it too because that would be a concern, right? That that would be a big concern. Uh, now all the conversations about Eric Bieniemy can start over again this offseason and we'll, and we'll see. But uh, what an unbelievable night for Chiefs fans, for football fans. We'll talk about the game itself. 869-1240 if you want to join in on the conversation. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. It's a Super Bowl Monday edition of Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor. Here we go. Let's talk about this game, Tommy. We we sort of looked at storylines and narratives before and after the game. 869-1240. We'll get more into that as we make our way through. But the game itself, boy, Philadelphia had just about a perfect game plan, right, coming out of the gates. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Chiefs defense was really struggling early. And, you know... <laughs> Tommy, had Jalen Hurts not fumbled the ball and Nick Bolton made a big play, we might be having a completely different conversation today because Philadelphia came out. Their game plan was just about perfect. They did everything they wanted to do. They controlled the clock. They moved the ball. They did all those things. Hurts was fantastic. Man, this looked bleak there for just a little bit, but then you get the second half. They get a couple of plays made when they had to have them. And, you know, a special teams play we all kind of thought maybe would come in. And at first, you had a missed field goal, and you're like, oh, good, there's the special teams play. But then you had the Kadarius Tony return, followed by a Sky Moore touchdown, which is really interesting, that sequence. And the Chiefs are, you know, the Chiefs are champs. And, and man, this could have been very different. Philadelphia outgained them. They controlled the clock. All of those things, just a couple of big plays swung it, though, to the Chiefs' side. Yeah, early on, um, I thought that, to your point, and you mentioned it, I agree with you, that Philly had a phenomenal game plan. Uh, they were so methodical in their play calling and just being able to keep drives alive. And it wasn't just in the first half. It was throughout the game. I mean, they they held on to the football a lot. Uh, that time of possession, especially in the first half, was just insane. The amount of time that they had, had the ball. Uh, and from a defensive perspective for Kansas city, they could not get off the field on third down or fourth down. Um, you know, every single time that there was a, you know, even a third and uh, there was a third and 14 that they converted to Dallas Goddard. Uh, that was huge uh, that Philly did. And then, you know, every time you knew that Nick Sirianni, because he's ultra aggressive, there were a lot of times that when, the, when they were on, you know, in plus territory that they were going to have a four downs, you know, it was going to be third and six, third and five, whatever, but you knew that they had, you know, two plays to get the first down. Every time there was a fourth and short, you knew they were going to quarterback sneak it and it was going to work every single time. And, and so the, the chiefs defense could not get off the field, especially in, in the first half. 
and that contributed to Philly dominating the the ball control aspect of the game. And then the other thing offensively for Philly, you know, we talked about the best way to try to combat what Jalen Hurts can do. And I mentioned it a few different times last week that I thought, all right, you know, let's have him try to beat you deep. You know, let's let's contain him in the, in the pocket and see if that that shoulder is healthy. See if he's accurate in throwing the football. Uh, he was. He had some dimes that he threw down the field. That tended to be, you know, a lot of the big chunk plays that worked out really well for Philly in the first half was Jalen Hurts in the pocket, launching it deep to guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And so it just that that worked out really well. And I thought that was going to be, you know, kind of the the Achilles heel for Philly. When that was working for them in the first half, I thought, oh, boy, here we go. Like, this could be a long game for Kansas City. Yeah, and, you know, and he was so brilliant running the ball, 70 yards in the game. Mahomes had 44, um, including that critical one late. But, yeah, Hurts was going to be in the conversation. It was deservedly so for the MVP of this game, even in the loss, which happens very rarely, but it can. And and I wouldn't, you know, it would have been okay. I, I thought that had Mahomes not had that long run, right, the the 29 or 26-yard run, whatever it was, had he not had that, then we really may have seen Hurts be the MVP because he was really, really good. At the same time, though, Tom, he had the big, game's biggest mistake by far, right? If he doesn't fumble that ball, who knows what the score at halftime would have been? And... And that's tough. And that's a tough thing that he's going to stick. But, you know, it's in his DNA past it. And I, I just, like, we had, I was so afraid, and I don't like Philadelphia. I can't stand Philadelphia. But I was so afraid that the moment might get too big for Hurts. And that's on me and everybody else that doubts him. And it's strictly a, we've watched him play, can it get to the highest level? There was concern there. I think it was legitimate concern. I love that he's silencing me and everybody else about it because I really like him. Uh, but, you know, there was a fear going into the game that the moment would get too big, right? And, and you know, in this spot, but he, man, he was right there. And good for him because he's awesome. And Nick Sirianni is, you know, Mr. Philly bro. But God bless, he's a good coach. And they're prepared and they make good decisions. And they're, I mean, you just never see them look like they don't know exactly what they need to do in any situational moment. And that's pretty impressive. But the Chiefs had too much. And they had Mahomes. Travis Kelsey was uh, probably a little better than I thought he'd be, honestly, Tommy. I thought that Philly was really going to stifle him. And they did late in the game. He got off to a red-hot start. Uh, but but he slowed down a little bit. But that was okay because some of the other guys were there. What did you think? You know, both coaching staffs, I thought, did a really good job. But, man, the Chiefs... When As I go back today and people are really breaking down tape and all that kind of stuff, and you see some of the play design by Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, it's been remarkable to see some of the stuff they drew up. And the Chiefs are, are again, going out of their way to give Eric Bieniemy credit for this. And it'll be interesting, right? Because the narrative last year, very different than the narrative now. And we'll see if this is Eric Bieniemy's year. But that second half, was fantastic. The adjustments made were fantastic. And the reality is, we don't even really know how good their first half game plan was because they were never on the field. They didn't get any time with the ball. Uh, and then in the second half, they they forced it, and, and you know the defense made a couple of plays. But it was it was back and forth. I mean, it it almost feels like the Chiefs won a game where they were outplayed. 
you know, because Philadelphia did just about everything it wanted to. It's just that's what happens when those kinds of players like Patrick Mahomes get their hands on the ball enough times. They're going to take advantage of the opportunities. We see it all the time in the NFL. But I don't think it's a stretch to say, you know, for the majority of the game, at least, Philadelphia outplayed him. Just not in the biggest spots and not enough in the end. Well, I think that, that I think you're on to something there. But at the same time, uh, I also think that Andy Reid outcoached Nick Sirianni in the second half. Uh, <laughs> there were some questionable coaching decisions from Kansas City in the first half. I thought even all the way back to the coin flip. Uh, and and there, there were questions about that from the broadcast uh, early on. Like, well, you know, there, there's something to be said for Kansas City maybe wanting to take the ball here uh, to start the game so they can get out to a lead. Uh, and Philadelphia marched down the field and scored right away and looked fairly comfortable doing it. Uh, it, it really, there wasn't a whole ton of resistance from the Kansas City defense to start off the game. And I thought, man, if this is the way that this game continues, it might be a long night for Kansas City. So I thought that was a little bit questionable at the beginning. And then uh, I'm I'm so happy that Kansas City won this game. So we don't have to go back and talk about and, you know, do an autopsy on the decision that Kansas City had in the first half to kick the field goal that Harrison Butker missed rather than going for it. I think it was fourth and three. Uh, and, and that's not that's not really what Andy Reid does. Right. Like I, I never I, one time thought, well, I never one time thought, OK, well, they might go for it here because I know Andy Reid and his coaching style. That's not really what they do. But Nick Sirianni does, and, and the Eagles are ultra-aggressive, where you know they're going to go for it uh, most of the time if they're in plus territory. And uh, Kansas City didn't go for it. That's not really what they do, but they settled for a field goal that Harrison Butker missed. And, and it's a good thing that that game didn't come down to that uh, because the, you know that would have been a, a big-time conversation about how you know if Nick Sirianni and the new world of NFL coaches, if they're going to be ultra-uber-aggressive, has the game passed by Andy Reid? So I, I was wondering that early on, and then the second half happened, and the adjustments that Andy Reid made in the locker room with Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnola, like his coordinators, I thought did a masterful job in the second half, making some of those adjustments with Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, uh, limped off the field going into halftime. And I was thinking, man, not only is this bleak as far as the score is concerned and what Philly's been able to do offensively, but if Patrick Mahomes can't get it done with that ankle, what are we going to be in for here in the second half? Mahomes gritted it out. It was gutsy. And just the play calling from Andy Reid in the second half. I mean, think about this. In the second half, the Chiefs had zero penalties, zero turnovers, zero punts, zero sacks allowed, one incompletion, and it was a throwaway. That's it. That's all they did. I mean, it was a... It was a near, it was as close to a perfect execution in the second half that you could absolutely get. And that's what they had to have if they wanted to win the game. Th there was no margin of error for any sort of issues, mistakes, penalties, turnovers, anything in the second half because Philly is too talented of a team and they would have absolutely won that game if the Chiefs had made any of those mistakes. But it was the play calling and it was the execution in the second half that won the game for Kansas City. Let's get to David on the line, 869-1240. Wants to chime in on the Super Bowl. David, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, I had a question. I don't know if you guys noticed. It seemed like the players were having trouble with the turf on the field. Maybe it was just oh, my yeah. imagination. Yeah. No, no, it was opinion. not. They they absolutely were. It was a problem. And it it's a narrative that, 
the league can't ever let that happen again. Um, it was a big problem. I, I, you know, I don't understand, quite frankly, and and I get the you know the majesty of playing on grass and taking care of it, and you know, the crew that does that has ties to the area, and and it was unfortunate to see that playing out. But I don't understand, Tommy, why they don't just play on turf, uh, because I, you yeah. you can you can just eliminate. You know, you can eliminate yeah. some of that stuff, but yeah, and it was a problem for both teams. I honestly, right? Yeah, right. I, I thought I thought David Philadelphia adjusted to it better than the Chiefs did. Philadelphia adjusted to the turf. It seemed like to me at halftime better than the Chiefs did. Uh, and we heard the announcer, or it, it was one of the sideline reporters talking about how many Eagles went and changed the kinds of cleats that they were wearing. And it looked to me like it was affecting the Chiefs more than it was affecting the Eagles, but it was a problem. Uh, yeah, I just the, the, thank you. Yep, thanks, David. I I, I totally agree. Uh, I I think that I mean I I heard the NFL spent nearly a million dollars on that turf in the biggest game in the world, and it was it was trash. And the players said it was trash. Frank Clark after the game said it was trash. Uh, I don't think it's an issue. One area I will differ from you, Jacob, is I don't necessarily think it's an issue of grass versus turf but more of the game is being played in Arizona and this issue happens in Arizona. And so if you're going to continue to host the Super Bowl in Arizona, you've got to find a better solution. It was the same way when the Chiefs went and played the Cardinals in week one in that exact same building. And that's when Trent McDuffie got injured. That's where Harrison Butker injured his ankle. And we saw the struggles that he had throughout the course of the season. So the the NFL has got to get this right. If you're going to play in a, a climate like Arizona, you've—I don't know if they need to ship in the grass from somewhere else, but regardless, what they did well, last night didn't work. And it's—I will say—it's a wonder that there was not any any significant injuries on either right. side. So George Toma does the turf has for 37 years. He was a former groundskeeper for the Chiefs. Great dude. I've interviewed him. He's a phenomenal story every year at the Super Bowl, and and he is like a Chiefs legend. He does this. He's it's the same guy that does it every year for 37 years. He's 94 years old. So I don't know what was different this year versus others. It probably does have something to do with Arizona and the climate there. But if, he, if you're going to have them in Arizona, just play the Super Bowl on turf. Don't ever let that become because you don't want that. The optics of that. If you're the if you're the NFL. Hey, we have your chance to win a trip to see Nickelback and Brantley Gilbert at right. a U.S. stop of your choice on their Get Rolling Tour including round-trip airfare, a two-night hotel stay, a pair of tickets, and a $200 gift card. You can enter now on our contest page at kfhradio.com. Again, a trip to see Nickelback and Brantley Gilbert, a U.S. stop of your choice. How about that? kfhradio.com to enter. We'll be right back. More Sports Daily coming right at you. BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, congratulates Chiefs Kingdom on their big game victory. And with the best parlay selection tools, boosted odds, specials, and daily promotions, BetMGM knows what it's like to be a champion. No matter how you like to bet, the BetMGM app has all the action you need, whether you're betting from home, on the go, 
or attending a game. Plus, every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonuses or dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. If you love sports and you want to take the excitement of the action to the next level, then it's time to get on board at the King of Sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back into Sports Daily, everybody. Celebrating a Chiefs championship here on this Monday edition. Congratulations to all the Chiefs fans in there. A uh, little, little water, a little Advil gets you through the day here. Suffer through. It was all worth it as uh, everybody's exhausted and tired, Tommy, from a great game. Talking BetMGM there. How did your Super Bowl betting, the the official end of the football season betting experience go on Sunday? Uh, it was good overall. My wife and I both, right when sports betting was legalized back in September, uh, you know, everybody got those bonus free bets or whatever. We both put down bets uh, on the free bets for Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, just, you know, for the, for the heck of it. I know the governor of Kansas did the same thing. Like the very first bet, Mm-hmm. In the state of Kansas was the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Um, so my wife and I both cashed out on that. I think it was like, I don't know, close to a thousand bucks. So that was yeah. nice. I don't know if I'm going to be able to access any of that money or if it's all, you know, going to my wife and whatever she wants. But that's OK. It doesn't bother me one way or another. We got the yeah, win. I think you know the answer uh, to that question. Yeah, for sure. She's, you know, going to spend it on whatever she wants and I won't see a dime. But that's OK. Uh, but other than that, you know, the, the actual in-game bets um, kind of hit and miss. I, I thought that um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling would have a little bit of a bigger night. He was kind of non-existent. I thought he would parlay what he did in the AFC title game. Didn't really Not do that. kind of non-existent. Did he even didn't have a do, target? I don't think so. No, he didn't so. even have a target. In yeah, the game. Oh, no, really he did have anything. one. He did yeah. have one target. Um, so I that followed was, that you was on one the crossbar. Thing. I followed you on the yeah. crossbar bet. That was, was fun. I, I mentioned that uh, on the show on Friday that I thought that that was the best novelty bet uh, was a, a a kick hitting one of the, the crossbars or the uprights. And it did. I think the odds on that was like plus 450. So that yeah. was fun. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag overall, which I kind of expected. What about you? Uh, it was good. I had a good day. Um, I, and, you know, I, I did so many little ones like i i don't know what my total number of dollars bet was but i won more than i bet so it was good in that way um it it was a, it was a fun day i i was on kenneth gainwell he paid well um get it um ha huh. i you know i i'm trying to think of the other ones that you know i thought tony would have a bigger game he had a very impactful game he just didn't get the ball early uh, I had the Chiefs winning, and I, I hammered the Chiefs' money line as they got down early. I think I took it twice, Tommy, and it got up to the second time, which was at halftime, I think. And whatever it was, it was like plus 380. So I hit them twice. Uh, I already bet the Chiefs. I took them immediately when they got down 7 nothing at like plus 145, and then I took them again at halftime when it was like plus 360. Or no, it was right when Mahomes went down with injury. That's what it was. Mm. Like the second that he went down and they went to timeout, it jumped up to 380, and I took it. Um, so that was that was probably the best way that I paid all day. Did you take the octopus at all? Was that one? Of, no, we, we that. talked about it, and I totally forgot about it. And I don't remember what the odds on it were. Uh, it's just hilarious that it hit because nobody's ever heard of that before. Yeah. Right. Like, nobody's heard of the octopus before that moment, which was, which was really funny. It was, it was cool to see that, but 
I think um, the the, yeah, the most good. important question I have is: Did you bet or did you hit on the first song that Rihanna performed in the halftime show? No, I didn't. You can't. I don't think you can bet those in Kansas for some reason. Some of the novelties like that. I, at least I couldn't find it. I thought, and I don't know the. Ne- let's let's take a minute here on Rihanna. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought it would be the Rude Boy song. That's what I said. I was like, I think it's going to be the one where Rude, because we had a, everyone in the office, and they're like, you mean Rude Boy? I was like, yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what song. it's called. Yeah. Uh, I love Rihanna. I think she's awesome. I'm too old to, like, know all of her music by name like that. Um, you know, when she came out, let's hold it. Let's hold our thoughts on the halftime performance until Deal. the next segment, because it, it, it was... It was interesting, and they got a whole lot more interesting, and I'm, I'm curious to hear takes on this. 869-1240. Uh, we'll talk Rihanna's halftime performance. I want to talk about what the Chiefs do in the immediate future. We'll revisit the game. It is a Chiefs championship special edition of Sports Daily. Chiefs fans weigh in. 869-1240. We'll be right, right back. Hour number two of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, coming back at you.